episode 57. This is ASI, Attitude of Sexual Integrity. I am Russ Shaw, and I am on the road. I'm on the road. That's why I do the show. I'm doing the show from the road again today. Hang on a second here. i got to take a left. That's my blinker right there. You like that? Taking a drive with you today, as usual. Uh, wanted to talk about uh, some email response. Uh, the last show, I threw out a, a, a challenge, an action step for you to uh, think about money and taking responsibility for our own uh, our own deal, our own recovery. I've got this thing, you know. You ever think that? Yeah, I got this thing. I got this deal, and I said, freaking, been eating away at me for a while. I got, I got this, the secret thing. Uh, taking responsibility for that thing, going after it, digging it out like a splinter. I love that line from The Matrix, like a splinter in your mind. Something's wrong with this world. This addiction is like a splinter in your soul, I believe. So, I, I, what it, well, I was talking about money a little bit on the last show. Uh, I also got an email from a guy who's doing a podcast uh, that I want, I'm going to talk about. God and Cigarettes. I love that. I, I went to his blog, uh, listened to all of his shows. Had about five up. Great stuff. Um, just kind of a blog, kind of a journal type of thing that he's doing. I like it. Like it a lot. It is a great example of journaling, which was an action step that I did a few weeks ago. Um, you can check out his blog. He's giving me permission to share that with you. Uh, and check out God and Cigarettes. You can also click on the subscribe to the podcast through iTunes on his blog spot there. Check that out. I love the, the little icon. He's got this little icon that says God and Cigarettes, and it's got like a skull with a cigarette in his mouth and a top hat. It's awesome. Puts that on a t-shirt, man. I would I would buy that. I would I would buy that and I would wear it to Bible study. I'm not joking. I would. You think I'm kidding? I would. That's what I do. And uh, you know, and that's my, one of my deals. Is I'm 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 struggling with uh, I struggle with pride. You know, I'm listening to to Ash talking his podcast and just kind of the stuff that he's struggling through and, and that's one of my deals is I, I struggle with pride. I'm still I'm still, you know, Mr. Rock and Roll sometimes. I'm still uh, I'm like Christian boy sometimes. I'm I'm a little bit of bull sometimes and you know, having a loving heart towards people and, and understanding where people are coming from and going back to being where I was in my, uh, you know, in my heart and, and just feeling, yeah, you know, this thing's got a grip on me. Back and forth, you know, thinking it's no big deal sometimes. Some days, ah, I got this, man. I've got this. It's a good day. You know, I haven't masturbated in four days and I feel great. You know, I got this thing kicked. And then all of a sudden, you know, something happens and the monster comes looming again. This, this whatever it is, you know, chemical reactions in the mind. I believe it's deeper than that. I believe it's going for the soul. I believe you can get underneath all that stuff. So, 
you know, two years clean of, of being away from those, those feelings, those thoughts, those, you know, heart gripping, I'm falling again, here I go, or I'm chomping at the bit, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm white knuckling it. I mean, I, I'm two years away from that. I'm two years clean of that. I, I, my memory is not as fresh. Heart memories are not, are not as, as uh, you know, are not as fresh. So, I don't want to become what I hate. I don't want to become some self-righteous freaking recovery person. I do recovery differently. Um, I believe in Jesus, and I and I constantly am going back to scriptures on grace, on humility, because my default mode, and I'm doing a show kind of like Ash right now, my default mode is to go to, um, look how well I'm doing, or, or you know, look how great I, I'm, wow, I'm, well, I've overcome sex addiction, well, Jesus helped me overcome sex addiction, right, it had nothing to do with me, it had a lot to do with my change of attitude, you know, I let Jesus in my heart to do the surgery that's less about me and more about Christ. And that's what I talk about in this show. Going for the heart and going for the soul. Because here's my deal. Here's my deal with recovery. Um, I was talking with a few folks last night. And, you know, I, I believe that, you know, alcohol, all right, AA, we sit around, we talk about how alcohol is the devil and the demon alcohol did this to me and took this from my life and diseased me. And, you know, it's really not alcohol, okay? It's something deeper than that. You use alcohol to numb the pain of something else, all right? A heart wound. A heart wound that is old or is carrying itself out, or, or a heart wound that's just become a part of your identity, all right? And you will do whatever it takes to numb that. And you can get rid of alcohol if you're an alcoholic. You can, you can overcome that, but you can still, you can just become religious, there's a lot of self-righteous, religious recovery people. It drives me freaking nuts. And I, I, you know, with my own pride and my own problems with that, I, I had a friend of mine who commits suicide in in twelve-step recovery. I had another friend who I've kind of lost contact with, and he was a pretty close friend who just, you know, his light went out. I don't know where he's at now. I'm praying for him, and but his light went out, right? And that's, I know that's not all AA people, right? I know that it's not all recovery and, and Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous and all that stuff has done great, um, been a great good for a lot of people. It's helped a lot of people out of a lot of darkness in their lives. It's brought a lot of husbands and wives back together and, you know, the road to hell can be paved with good intentions. It really can. So I, I want you to understand that just because you've overcome, you know, alcoholism or narcotics or whatever it is, I, I'm going to take issue with you calling yourself an addict for the rest of your life, and I'm going to, man, I'm going to go for your heart because I get a lot of people, I can't tell you how many emails I've got from people where this is like their last deal. So yeah, I got a phone call there. Uh, sorry about that. Anyway. Um, Back to the point. Uh, so yeah, it was like your. This is like the last addiction for a lot of people, and and this is what I'm talking about when I mean building your house, like building your your spiritual life, your your house, your inner you, the real you. Um, 
look where you've come, you know. I mean, you're not... I mean, for me, I was a sex addict while I was a drug addict, while I was an alcoholic, you know, with all this other stuff. I mean, sex addiction followed me through all of that. Uh, <clears throat> my, my my point with uh, building your house and what that all means is, is that people give you bricks in life, right? Like um, Dan Hazen talking about, you know, religion. When I, when I was in his office and said, you know, 2003, I said, I'm never going to fall for that religion crap again. And he said, good, you know, those are the people that killed Jesus. I mean, Dan Hazen gave me bricks that I've, that I'm, I'm, where I'm at now has to do with, with some of the stuff that I've taken from him. Do you understand? Some of the stuff that he's given me. I mean, some of the emails that you've given me over the years have given me bricks. I interviewed a guy named Joe Dallas. Joe Dallas gave me bricks. He he said this. Uh, he said you know some some profound stuff in that that show. He said you know the main thing that Joe Dallas, the brick that Joe Dallas gave me that to to deal with in my heart was um, when he said yeah overcoming the addictions the easy part it's dealing with who you are without it. That's the hard part. Finding out who you really are down deep. Because you've stripped away that layer of surface identity. Now who are you? You know. So so he gave me bricks. Uh, listeners who who've emailed uh, a guy named Rick uh, emailed me a listener, and he said uh, he said you know your prayer life, Russ. It was, he said he started listening to God instead of talking all the time in his prayer life. And I'm like, wow, you know, yeah. I mean that, that guy gave me bricks. The healed addict gave me bricks. When I was going through this time uh, dealing with my sexual abuse, I did a few shows on it, and my wife left because I was so uh, emotionally invested in in this show and in in ministry, and I just ignored her. I got bitter towards her. And he said, and he called me on it. He's like, dude, what are you doing? You know? Heard it in the shows. Heard it in my emails and my chats with him. Uh, so those are bricks, right? You ever had a relative that you hung around with that gave you bricks? You know, they were just nice and soft to you, and they and they helped you, and they helped you learn real life lessons that helped you build into the future. Those are the bricks I'm talking about. Finding people like that in your life. Small group is a big part of that. I got bricks from people in small group, man. People are holding bricks for you out there that you haven't even met yet. And in group, in small group, man, you'll get a lot of bricks. You'll get bricks from people. You open up your heart. You get outside yourself. Stop talking about surfacy things that happened at work, you know. Start talking about, man, I, I got resentment. You know, that is that is brutally real when you say something like that in group. You're asking for people to give you bricks. I don't want to be that. Right?
So when I give you the action steps, um, I, I guess what I want you to understand is that I, I want to meet you where you're at, right? And and the second I stop with that, the second I start acting like I, you know, I'm some guru or I know more, you should listen to me, or what? the second I start shooting on you, right? I start to give you my shoulds. When you f- start feeling like that, like I'm not meeting you, that's when I'm messing up. That's when I'm becoming what I hate, which is the recovery self-righteous person. When I start to when I start to uh, base my morality on what I've done as opposed to what Jesus has done in me, and everybody's different, man. Spiritual growth happens at different rates for different people. I do believe, I used to not, but I do believe that there are people who, you know, they, they get saved and Jesus comes in and he changes their heart like instantly, you know? I believe that does happen. But for me, it, it was a long time period of growth and it was a, it was a, like removing a tumor with, with sex addiction, with my addiction to sex constantly in my thoughts just in my in, at night you know I used I used masturbation to, to, as a sleeping pill for crying out loud sometimes I mean stuff like that I just I, it was deep man so Jesus did the surgery in me right I mean I, I'm not smart enough and I don't have enough willpower to have stopped on my own I, I just you know, and when I start getting away from that, that's when I say that religion is the default mode of the heart. That when I stop getting away from what Jesus has done in me and I start to be all about what I've done, you know, then it's not Jesus. It's just what I think, right? And that's when I talk about economy. Like, like I talked about in the last show. That's what I'm really trying to get through to your head. Is that Scripture says that uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, the, there's different look at money today like it's more like economy all right for the love of economy like uh, back in biblical times it wasn't necessarily coin or your visa card or your what's in your bank account i mean you could trade a goat for your doctor right you know go get some dental work and you you give them up a, a i don't know a, a burl <laughs> jackass or something you know so it, it's what, what you get paid for you know and sex is, has an economy to it as well lust and, and money are, are very closely tied together it's what you what do you get as a payoff for what you do day by day on a daily basis what is your payoff is what I really want you to understand with my uh, my chat on money and I want you to journal and blog about that like uh, like my buddy uh, Ash there Healed Addict is another one. If you go to my website, ASI247.org, click on the links page. Um, at the bottom, I'll have uh, God and Cigarettes, and I'll have uh, The Healed Addict. You can read their two blogs. It's a great example of this working things out where you're at on your map, where Jesus can meet you in the places where you're broken. You know, And read the Psalms. There's another one. Healed Addict. God and cigarettes. But the most important one is, is Psalms. Right? There's hundreds of them. There's, there's over a hundred of them. That's David. That's David's blog, man. David's songbook blog, you know? He's kind of like a emo rocker. He's got, you know, emotional tunes in there. They're all music. All the Psalms are, are music. 
and there's some there's some funky tunes in there, right? There's some tunes that aren't all happy, joy, pretty Christian, like you know, little lambs, and puppy dogs running around. I mean, he has there's some dark music in the Psalms. Lord, forgive me for my sins have outnumbered the hairs on my head. Stuff like that. I want you to crush my enemy's children. Stuff like that. I mean, David gets raw and open and real. And he never forgets about where God is in that either. He's he's always constantly wrestling with God. The prophet Habakkuk. It's a little book in, in your Bible, in the Old Testament. Habakkuk was a prophet who is a great example of uh, a guy blogging out of when God doesn't make sense. And, and God's speaking to him, too, because he's a prophet. Hosea is another one in the Old Testament. Hosea is another prophet that God says, I want you to marry a whore. I'm going to give you a heart for this woman, and you're going to love her, and she's going to treat you very, very badly. And I want you to understand that this is an analogy of Israel. And uh, if we bring it up to modern times, it's to break down our pride a little bit and understand that we we are the whore, right? Like, we're the whore. God is there. He loves us. And he's trying to reconcile us to himself. That's the story of Christ. So read those those Old Testament books. They're great, great uh, information. Read uh, The Healed Addict, God and Cigarettes. Subscribe to the podcast. It's a great supplement to the ASI show here. I love Ash. I love the way he uh, is open and honest and talking about his stuff. And, you know, I wanted to reiterate something that Ash said, too, that this is, you know, podcasting is a virtual relationship. Like... Especially if you haven't emailed me yet, you know. I mean, or Ash, or, or I mean, th- this is this is not counseling, and I've said that a lot of times before, but I'm going to say it again. Even though you know I'm giving you action steps, this stuff is to supplement your your counseling. If you have a habitual porn problem or, or sex addiction problem, you're cheating on your spouse. You need to get counseling. You need to get professional help. You need to do it yesterday. You need to call somebody up. If you're a Christian, please, please get a Christian counselor. Well, my insurance won't cover it, Russ. I know. I know. You're going to have to pay some money for that. It's going to cost you something, like I talked about in the last show. Economy. You're going to need to take personal responsibility for your addiction. And you're going to need to work it out, man. I'm telling you, please, don't just listen to another show and go, yeah, you know, here's a, here's an exercise for you. Wherever you're at right now, whether you're driving, whether you're on the bus in New York or on a, a walk and down the street, wherever you're at, listening to my voice right now, London, Australia, New Zealand, Israel, Wherever you're at right now, I want you to mark, put a mark on your hand of a pen. Just do it now. Turn off the thing, put a pause on, and, and mark your hand with a pen. Where you can see it. Okay, did you do it? Come on, go back and do it, dude. Turn it off, come on. 
All right. Ladies, you too. I understand this is no boys club. There's just as many of you out there. There's there's a lot of ladies out there struggling with this. Put a mark on your hand. It's going to be okay, girls. It'll wash off. It's just ballpoint ink. I want you to start taking some of the action steps. And I want you to get a counselor. Start looking through the phone book at counselors. Start, uh, you know, Googling up a counselors in your neighborhood, in your city, in your area. Christian counselors. If you're a Christian man, you need a Christian counselor. Even if your insurance doesn't cover it, yes. You get a secular freaking psychologist, all they're going to do is hand you another idol. Alright? Another thing, under the sun, uh, you know, please, please take some responsibility for your addiction. Please. The reason why the world is evil, check this out, the reason why the world is evil is because I'm evil. Right? So are you. You're you. Behind your eyes, you're evil. Okay? The way we change the world is we look in the mirror and change ourselves. And, and that is a deep process. Michael Jackson wrote a song called Man in the Mirror, and he never did it. All right? Great, heartfelt song. The man was a hypocrite. He never did it in his own heart. Dealing with our own heart-level stuff. See, now there I go judging Michael Jackson like a Christian type to repent for my own judgmentalism. I don't know if Michael Jackson molested those children or where Michael Jackson is at. He's dealt with his issues. You understand the analogy though, right? I mean, that's what I'm trying to explain is that evil does not exist outside, right? It doesn't exist outside of me. It's not out there. It's in my heart. That's what Jesus was telling the Pharisees. You can't put evil inside you from the outside. It's already inside you. You can motivate your heart towards evil because it's already evil. It's what you, you know, what music and stuff like that, it's all your worship music for whatever you choose to worship. So evil is outside is not outside of me. I mean it's it's in my heart. I do evil. The way to stop is to deal with the fact that I do evil. Can't blame the rest of the world. I need to take responsibility for my issues. So that's my action steps for this week are to basically repeat the last week's uh, action steps. I'm speaking at a men's retreat uh, this weekend, probably about the time you hear this, and uh, that's why I missed last week, preparing for that. So let me be in your prayers over that. Need something to pray about, pray for me, pray for Ash, pray for the many people who listen. Wanted to leave you with a song by a band called Armor for Sleep. I was preparing for uh, the talk I'm going to do at the at the men's retreat, and it's basically on identity. And, and Jesus tells this story about uh, who is the the greatest, you know, in the kingdom of God. All these religious professionals, you know, the apostles and stuff, gather around Jesus, and say, "Who's the greatest, man? How do I come top dog? I want to become the head of the house, you know. I want to become the captain of the ship when it comes to 
to the kingdom of God. Who, who's the greatest? Jesus in the kingdom of God. Jesus grabs a little child, you know, five years old, puts him in his lap and says, this, this is, this is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And then he goes one step further. He says, actually, here's the deal. Unless you're able to become like this child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You won't even see it. You won't even get it. So, I love that. And it also shows me uh, that kids, you know, kids have a have a touch on, on, on a spiritual part uh, of themselves that, that we as adults don't, you know. They're, they're just very... They're just new souls, right? They're new souls. I heard a kid, uh, somebody interviewed a five-year-old and asked him, why do, you, why do you think we have skin? And he said, he said, oh, that's easy, because if we didn't have skin, people would look at us and they would throw up. <laughs> I thought that was profound. Like, oh my God, the wisdom in that. That is awesome. Listen, I'm not going to be... Uh naive here when I talk about children as experts of the soul, you know, more in touch with their soul because they're new souls. Um, I know that there's some of you in the sound of my voice who have or are harming children. Okay? Listen, you need to stop right now. Now. Okay? And, and you, you have to do that now. You do whatever it takes. Because here's the deal. I want you to look in your heart and look for the love that you have for that child. If there's any sliver or splinter of love that you have for that child that you're doing that to, I'm going to give you a picture into the fast-forwarding time. All right? That kid is going to need a ton of help just to just to function, man. To function as a as a as a, as a soul, as someone who can love openly, someone who can, you know, doesn't have to be afraid of just making a decision. Sexual abuse scars not just deep psychologically, but it wounds the soul. It does. And I'm not kidding, man. If you're doing that, you need to stop. You need to stop now. You need to get counseling. You need to do it now. You need to turn yourself in. I'll be honest. You need to turn yourself in. Are you going to go to jail? Are you going to be registered as a sex offender? Yeah, you are. And I know if you struggle with that, that you've, you know, you're contemplating suicide and stuff like that. Listen, this can be your spiritual act of worship. All right, the Apostle Paul spent most of his, you know, he wrote tons of books of the Bible while he was in prison. You, you may have to go to jail for a while. And, and if you can embrace your faith, if you can check out what I'm talking about when it comes to Jesus, you can do that and not be afraid. Because this demon may have such a grip on you that you can say you'll stop and maybe you have before but you're not you know you're not and, and I can say as a guy who, who's a victim of, of sexual abuse that it, it devastates devastates the soul 
Now, I thank God that this didn't happen, but there are fates worse than death, okay? I, I can remember feeling like, listen, if I was dead, that would be better, okay? Now, I thank God that that never happened, but, you know, I tell you what, it, it was so incredibly painful. Not, not just the act of it, but the years of, I'm dirty, I'm tainted, I'm bad. I am intrinsically unlovable unless I fake it. I remember feeling like that about myself. A tons of times I contemplated suicide. And if you have been sexually abused, Ben, I, I, I challenge you to get help with that. I challenge you to talk about it. And, and everything in me for years warred against talking about it. I'm not even sure why. <clears throat> Pride, shame, I don't know why. I really don't know why. But I did not, if you would have asked me, uh, no, I've never been sexually abused. What are you talking about? I just didn't want to talk about it. It was so dirty and so gross. I didn't want to go there. You need to dig it out. It's a splinter in your soul. Please, hear me. Oh, it's just something that happened, Russ. It's no big deal. I know it's back there, but you know, it's no big deal. Listen, if you're addicted to porn, okay, it might be something to look into. If you can't stop masturbating, all right, it might be something to look into. If you can't stop cheating on your wife, your husband, if you can't stop the thoughts of sexual stuff, naked parts, sexual acts, stuff like that running through your mind more than you'd like. You know, maybe that little thing that happened to you a long time ago, something to look into. It's left a mark on your heart, and that mark is bigger and deeper than you know. Please. If you've been sexually abused, please look into it. Please do it for your kids. Do it for your wife. They want a whole, complete you, okay? They need a whole, complete, living out of your heart, you. And it's very, very difficult to do that if you're wounded. And you haven't healed that. Time does not heal all wounds, okay? They fester. I went to Grace Groups at Mars Hill Church. That's a, that's a group for survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And they said the first time they started Grace Groups, it was old people. Okay, this is a class for people who have been abused as a child. And the people that showed up with all these wounds and all these scars from that were in their 60s and 50s. That was the first Grace Groups. I challenge you to get help with this. Please. So, to review, my goal is not just to get you clean and free from porn and to make you a uh, 
an upstanding moral citizen, my job is to create people who have the, the guts to get real and blow the lid off of, off of this thing called church. Okay, because it's got really watered down over the last 100 to 200 years. It, it's just got watered down, it's turned into a club, and that is not what it was uh, originally designed to be. The first century church was real, all right? It was raw. People talked about their stuff. Go and read uh, Acts, a book of Acts. Read, you know, Paul and Ephesus, and people are just are just, you know, raw and emotional and, and unpacking the dirty, nasty stuff that they've done. Alright? I mean, they're talking, telling stories about dancing with the devil. Literally. Okay? And these people were, were over the edge behaviorally. They were not moral people in the town of Ephesus. Okay? You think your town's bad? You know, go to Corinth back in the day, okay? Seriously, I'm looking for leaders. Part of you getting free of this thing is getting into a church and talking about it, all right? To, to get around people who have a similar goal, a similar heart transformation or want to. And you'll be surprised when, when you start talking honest, how it will blow the lid off of, of people, you know, when, when it's okay to be uncomfortable. There's this weird thing that happens in a group when everybody's shoulders, they stop tightening up and like, oh, what are people going to think of me? You know what? Who cares? Who cares what people are going to think of you? Is this Sexaholics Anonymous? No, it's not anonymous. All right? You're getting in the church, you're going to be talking to other people. You have to also know that you're safe around the people you're talking to. That means you got to get to know people. Get in there and stir things up, man. Talk about your, your heart. All right? I mean, if you're emotional and you're having a hard time with your language, you know, be the guy that drops F-bomb in the Bible study. I'm serious. It, it, it wakes people up. Okay, we're going to be raw? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. That's what it's about. Not trying to be moral Christian. You know, we're working out heart stuff here. It's not always pretty. That's leadership. That's leadership. Getting into your Bible and studying it and, and, and drinking it. Using it like a, like a life preserver. The Bible's like a freaking life preserver. And you're in this ocean of, of crap. Like we never get outside of ourselves. We never look at our fellow man with love in our eyes and, and open up and get outside ourselves. You know, Jesus, there's this picture of Jesus and he's, he's talking with, uh, with this group of Pharisees and religious professionals basically. And, 
you ever get in a conversation or an argument with someone you know you have no chance winning because they, they have their mind made up and they're just keep going on and on and on? Well, Jesus is in this situation and they bring out this, you know, head debate champion dude and Jesus just says, listen, he says, here's the, you know, here's the two things that the whole law can be summed up on. Number one, love God with all your heart and mind. Number two, love people. Love your neighbor or love your brother. Love your, your fellow man, your fellow woman. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he just walks away. That's, that's what the whole law hinges on. So, idolatry is, is making ourselves some kind of a heaven. Like, if I can get there, like, we've always got the future, and, and if I could just re- arrive, when I get to this point, when I make this much money, when I get this job, then I'll, then I'll be there. That'll be heaven for me. And then I can do what I need to do to serve God or to, to, to serve my family or to be there for my kids or my wife. You know, when I arrive, then... Then when I get to that heaven place, then I'll be there, right? And I love this song because it illustrates uh, the truth about that kind of heaven. That's what the song is called, The Truth About Heaven. But uh, it's the heaven that we invent. This is Armor for Sleep. Thanks for listening. Listen, you can you can download the music. You go to the website, ASI247.org, and you can uh, click on the music tab and download the music. I don't get paid a dime for that, uh, but I do want to make uh, independent artists and labels uh, want you to get to thinking about their music. I also want you to play this stuff, get it running through your head and understand what it, what the, what it means, you know. Have a, have a soundtrack for your new season of life, which is this recovery. Remember, life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react. Go to the website, ASI247.org. If you could leave a donation, I would certainly appreciate it as this is a listener-driven type of deal. I thank you. Bleed it out of you, folks. Talk about it. Until next time. Bye.
the day that you die.